So Tara, we have some sad news today. Yeah, we do. We have some sad news to share about uh, Noel, our co-conspirator in Three Association. Um, and our beloved colleague who we spent over a year with in a really intimate, ongoing process around supervision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I'm going to say it, even though it doesn't feel real to me. Um, Noel died um, on September 2nd. Um, he was 40 years old um, and we are grieving um, and also naming that um, there is there is so much good that he has brought to us and our lives and our ministries um, holding together. Uh, what a huge voice he has been in the conversation. He really has Tara. And I think I, I frankly, I'm in shock still, even though it's been a few weeks now. Um, he had uh, fragile health, but always, you know, came back again after mm-hmm. um, being ill. And this time he just didn't. Um, yeah. He died of complications from diabetes in the Philippines. And um, we had the blessing of attending his funeral, our memorial service, I should say, um, and being able to really hear the reflections of everyone who loved him. Um, in light of his passing, and it was deeply touching. It was. I was so moved um, by how uh, many ministries and places of giving and presence that Noel was involved in, and how many people his too brief life touched. Um, and I, I think um, so much of the things that people said at that time uh, about his giggle uh, yeah. and, and about his love of life and of God and of others. Um, and I have thought and, and contemplated since his loss, um, what an invitation um, his, both his life and what I have been sort of thinking about as his unlived years um, are to those of us um, in the ministry of spiritual direction and supervision, um, because he he was and I think still is um, a light in so many ways. He really is. Um, certainly in the communion of saints, he is with mm-hmm. us. I feel yes. here, and um, he was a member of the Companions of the Redeemer community in Metro Manila, and. Um, was of course very much steeped in spiritual direction and supervision. He had training in psychotherapy and he was also offering uh, psychotherapy. Uh, He was completing a degree in that um, at the time of his death. Um, And he had an incredible heart for the poor. And one of his last words to one of his friends was don't forget the poor. Mm-hmm. So um, that was deeply inspiring to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think as we um, 
sort of inform our listeners and community, those who are coming across this podcast, um, perhaps for the first time, you've heard Noel's voice uh, in these first three episodes. And, and, and probably his laugh, too. His giggle. <laughs> his giggle. Yes, yes. And, and we wanted to honor how much Noel believed in this project and believed in the Ministry of Supervision. Um, I think I'll speak for both of us in saying there, there, was, there was some doubt about whether or not we should continue. Um, but in, in honor of Noel, um, it, it feels even more um, important to um, honor the time that we have by, by working in things and on things that we feel will help uh, will support, will uh, be alongside uh, people in spiritual direction um, and supervision in a way that empowers and helps them understand um, how much not only we, but Noel believe in the ministry of supervision. Absolutely. And I feel so blessed that we have some of the last um, recordings that he made. You know, these three association conversations, maybe the last recorded conversations even are very close to that, um, that he made. And yes, like you, Tara, I, I just didn't know whether we would continue because Noel was one of the three, <laughs> clearly. Yes. yes. But somehow continuing our shared vision feels like honoring him. And in addition to honoring our own lives and ministries. And so, so yeah, our plan is to continue the podcast and to have a rotating third come in rather than Noel, because of course, nobody can take Noel's place. No, but if we have new third people each time, that would uh, provide some variety for our listeners and also let us continue to do this work that we feel called to. Yeah. And, and so as, as we share this news with our listeners, but also um, thank them for being part of this, we look forward to this new format with, with some grief, but also with some joy that, um, that these, these kinds of uh, losses invite divine creativity out of us and we we just expect that there will be more and that and that noel's presence uh will be felt um as we continue on this journey together absolutely that the divine that flowed in him continues to flow in the world and we're so grateful and continues to animate us in this project so thanks be to god Thanks be to God. Hello, and welcome to Three Association podcast about compassionate, contemplative, evocative supervision for spiritual directors. Created by supervisors trained in the Together in the Mystery model. I'm Tara Owens. And I'm Maria Tattoo Bowen. We're glad you're here. Now let's listen in on today's Three Association Conversation. 
So we're really excited to have with us today, Rebecca Bradbird Langer, who um, is one of the co-editors of Supervision of Spiritual Directors, Engaging Holy Mystery, and also the, one of the co-founders of the Together in the Mystery model of supervision. She and I um, taught it for a number of years together um, and learned so much together about supervision. So Rebecca, I wonder if you have a free association with self-care. That's how we start these podcasts with free association. Gosh, yeah. I think of self-care as how do I care body, mind, and spirit. So breaking it apart and looking at, you know, what am I doing in my life for my spiritual care? What am I doing? What am I doing for my mind? And also, what am I doing for my body that allows me to participate in all of that fully, as fully as I can? And I particularly think of it as something's always off. You know, I'm either pretty good with body and mind or one or the other. So (laughs) it's like um, I have to be mindful about how I go about self-care. So that's absolutely. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Tara, how about you? What's your free association with self-care? Well, it used to be like the automatic thing that came into my head was bubble baths. Like that that's what we like culturally like self-care equals bubble baths, which is such a strange <laughs> I don't even really <laughs> like bubble baths. <laughs> but now when I when I hear the word self-care, uh, for me, it goes straight to boxing. Um, because boxing is a form of self-care for me. So I self-care, like my association immediately is boxing. Okay. Uh, for me, self-care, I see it, I see an image of the beach because I take care of my own self-care a lot on the beach by walking on the beach or by swimming in the ocean, things like that. So yeah, and, the, and also I just feel my body kind of just relax when I hear the word mm. self-care. Mm. And Rebecca, Rebecca, I know um, when we were teaching together often, you and I had sort of an ongoing debate about whether the biggest issue in supervision was boundaries or self-care. And so for you, it always came down on self-care. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Well, I, th- I think... I think, yeah, we did go back and forth around that. And both of those are critical. And in some ways, boundaries are about self-care. Yes. But what I, what I recognize in self-care is that the creation of me as a director is always in process of growing. And to attend carefully to, to the holistic part of me, self-care in each of those arenas that I talk to, body, mind, and spirit, allows me to be the best vehicle in the direction room or in the supervision work that I do. And um, so it's sort of like, is the instrument of me ready and open and um, gaining from all the kinds of things that we gain from in self-care? Uh, a centeredness, uh, an openness, um, not a need for me to be in the middle of it, but rather to lean back and be able to listen, those kinds of things. That's yeah. sort of what I'm thinking about. I love that you use the word 
the instrument of me because I'm just thinking I'm working on this supervision book right now. And the title, the working title of the chapter on self-care is caring for our listening instrument. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Tara, what do you notice about self-care when you're supervising spiritual directors? I think the thing that I notice most often is how it self-care can become a thing that a director deprioritizes in the face of other needs. Um, that we, we can see because we are attending outward, because this instrument, the listening instrument is attending outward, we so rarely turn it towards ourselves even though that we're, we're listening to self and spirit as we are attending to our directees, there becomes this um, sort of muscle memory of outward attending that I find my supervisees need to be invited into that inward attention towards self-care. And I think that's for me in many ways why supervision matters so much is because it helps that balance come back to the director um, and the the space of the director um, and the needs of the director and attending to that well. And we just, it's supervision is self-care. It is self-care. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I find with, with spiritual directors, they're by and large, really generous people. And they have, so they do prioritize care for the other over care of self. And I, I find that what makes uh, a really big difference is that when they put it together, that caring for self is caring for other, because if you don't care for self, you're going to not be able to care for the other. Yeah. I'm struck too, that this period of our history has been so stressful and so um, difficult to navigate, no matter who you are, what your political beliefs are, all of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, The need for self-care has really been evident. And I think some people actually found the gift of COVID and um, quarantining and that kind of thing was the space to actually do some of that. And I hope that that'll be out of all this craziness, a gift. Um, I think that, that the, this period has been um, recognition of how badly we all need to just breathe, how we need to find um, solitude and silence as part of that self-care. Um, I was really interested in thinking about this because once I uh, taught a class with someone who was talking about self-care and she suggested that you do a list of 10 things right off the top of your head that you can think of that give you self-care that are part of your self-care. You know, you've mentioned them for me, sometimes music, walking the beach, um, um, just all of those kinds of things, what I'm reading. Um, And so the opportunity to incorporate those and become um, the receiver rather than to your point, Tara, the giver all the time. Mm -hmm. Rebecca, I'm wondering, one of the things, one of the resistances I think that I encounter both in direction and as a supervisor to self-care 
is, um, it, you know, that as Maria was saying that, that it's, well, it's all about me. Um, but I also hear sometimes the difference between self-care and self-comfort. Um, the things that we go to that are caring for us and the things that we go to that are actually just numbing um, or that are not, they're, they're, they're putting a Band-Aid on something, but they're not actually that activity of tending to. Um, and I'm wondering if you would speak to that at all. Hmm. That's an interesting um, thing. I think self-comfort would be, like you said, covering over rather than entering into. I, th I think one of the things that I think about in self-care is self-compassion and being mm -hmm. able to separate what you need from what you, what you need, body, mind, and spirit, as, as opposed to what needs to be done. And so, yeah, I, I think that's an interesting, I think in some ways, self-comfort, like the bubble bath, is, mm -hmm. is really important. Uh, but self-care is not selfish in any way. Uh, it's, it's adding to the ability of the supervisor, the director, to continue to deepen their sense of well-being. Um, you know, women particularly, I think, get stuck with this, this sense that we should always be emoting outward, uh, but rather um, taking that time to look inward, to be inward, to, to you know, I, I often stop just in the middle of the day and say, what do I need right now? I think it's a form of self-care. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see it as selfish, but rather kind of a recentering. And we're always as directors and supervisors trying to recenter ourselves. And first of all, this, this gracious love that we have from the one we call mystery or creation creator or whatever we want to call. Um, so it's, you know, I think it's a type of, of self self-regulating of what our own needs are and what I might need may not be what either one of you would need. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Tara, it strikes me too, that, you know, it's interesting that self-comfort is necessary but it's mm -hmm. not sufficient for, for, oh, for yeah. care, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and things like distraction, say watching a movie on TV, that might be a distraction that really is self-care. But if, if all we're doing is watching movies on TV, then that becomes that numbing that you're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, or mm -hmm. eating is really important. But if all we're doing is eating then again, that becomes the numbing. So it, it's, it strikes me as it's, it, there's something about discerning actually the what of it, like what would, would renew me, refresh me. Of course, our spiritual practices are at the top of that list, but mm -hmm. also eating and resting and having a capacity cushion, um, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. Um, but being able then to say, well, and then what's, so there's quantity and then there's the quality of what, but anyway, just deciding how, how, what, how much frequency, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of, of sort of discernments to make here. Yeah. And that strikes me, even as Rebecca was speaking, that, that self-care and self-awareness are, are so integrally connected and that this, in some ways, we're talking about discernment. Um, we are. when we talk about self-care and that 
that interior freedom has to do with, you know, as we begin to, what, what are the things that are self-care for me? What do, as, as you said, what do I need right now? The, the practice of even stopping to ask that question um, and to be in the posture of continual discernment um, around self-care. I was with a, a supervisee recently who, because of shifts in schedule and the reality of things opening up, um, their rhythm of self-care has been disrupted. Um, and the discernment again of um, what is possible, um, what is what is feasible, but what is also needed um, mm -hmm. versus just wanted and, and the like the navigating and, and finding the creative space of self-care that starts that we start with rather than we end with. Yeah. And it strikes me too, I love your question in the middle of the day for yourself, Rebecca, because it's, it strikes me that it's a cultivation of consciousness about your state of being. And that, that seems to me to be really crucial in self-care. Sometimes we don't know when we've gone overboard or over capacity. So that, that checking in and that growing in awareness of how am I now and what do I need and what would sustain me is so important. I love your observation, Maria, that um, supervisors and directors tend to be generous. I think sometimes to the detriment of self-care, and it, I'm, I think I'm aiming uh, partly towards our schedule. Mm -hmm. How do we structure our life so that there is this space for self-reflection, for doing things that um, renew us like massage, I think often a body work and how much that can be a healing facility. So all those things. And I'm also thinking that um, gener the generosity that we give to others, we need to give back to ourselves. And this, this self-compassion often is lacking in our own kind of format about how do I live this life, whether I'm a Christian or a Buddhist or whatever, we all have these values. How do I live the, into the values uh, in a way that doesn't become harmful to us, but rather opens up more life for us? Yeah. 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 It's interesting that Rebecca, that you're talking about schedule because in our previous podcast, we this not yet out, so you wouldn't have heard it. We interviewed Tara's husband on something called a capacity cushion. So leaving, you know, 20% uh, of your capacity fallow so that there is some flexibility, there is some room. So, so important to, to develop these habits and rituals and practices that support our abilities to to serve God and participate in the reign of God in this world. And I think of solitude and silence, but also creative time, that 20% that allows you to actually, I think, be renewed in the midst of whatever that activity is that you're doing. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was thinking, as you mentioned, you know, reading as self-care, um, I think sometimes I have a tendency to sort of read in a direction. Like I get very interested in a topic, especially as it comes to 
you know, spirituality, like the, the realm that, that we all live in, right? And the yeah. water we swim in. And I, I get very focused. But when I start reading something that is completely outside, that is just seems just for leisure for me, that it's whether it's a novel or it's um, right now I'm reading a book about um, how violins are made, um, <laughs> which, you know, in the midst of it, it's so renewing of my work in spirituality and it, it doesn't on the face of it look like it has anything to do with anything. And, but, but I, I actually feel very viscerally that experience of self-care flowing into what I do mm. in the reading of things that seem to be completely unrelated. Um, and that, that that's for me, but for, for another person that might be something entirely different but the permission to not be about one thing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear the refreshment in you as you talk about that. Rebecca, you mm-hmm. were starting to say. And something. I wondered if, if that's not what we call play, which is an aspect of this self-care and for which this culture does, doesn't really leave much room. Um, so for example, during COVID, when I couldn't be out and about, um, I started wheel throwing pottery on a wheel, something oh, I've done lovely. a long time ago, uh, and really have, have, you know, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. Well, that space provided the opportunity to get to that. Um, and I'm still doing more of it. Um, oh, it, that's wonderful. And it's also about leaving the perfectionistic sense of, um, you know, how do I do, how do I care for what I read or what I, how, how my body is or whatever, but allows that just playfulness to arise in us. That is so regenerative. And I think, again, um, if we're pouring out and if we're listening deeply to others, which is hard work, then something has to go back into for lack of a better word, the instrument that we bring as ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've been talking about some specific things. I think one specific thing that really refreshes me is making sure that I see friends so that I have relationships that are mutual. You know, we, of course there's mutual benefit in a spiritual direction relationship or in a supervision relationship and it's mutually really satisfying and deeply connecting, but I don't get to tell my story in those situations. And so to really be able to have beloved friends or family members that we can, we can be the speakers and let ourselves be heard, I think is important because we, I think also we tend to be a little retiring sometimes we spiritual directors and supervisors. So I find that incredibly refreshing for me. I'm thinking too, as um, even just the physicality of us as creatures, um, the need for good food, the need for um, exercise, all of which can really get pushed to the pushed away when we're so focused on, you know, being with people or in service to others. So that spiritual discipline of uh, attending to the body and, and some of us have, you know, chronic pain or other ways that make our body hard to deal with. So we have to learn ways of, um, 
I don't know if coping is the right word, but uh, maybe feeding, nourishing the body and in whatever way that can free us up so that we can be ready for our work as directors and supervisors. Yeah. Mm. I remember very much um, as Maria, we were doing the supervision course together, how important it was uh, when the exercise of literally just getting my bare feet on the earth uh, was introduced to me. And, and I think sometimes when we think about self-care, we think about like the big things, like I should be eating right. And I should be like, it becomes this, I mean, I think about that 10 things list, but that can feel overwhelming sometimes, but, but how self-care really can come in very small, almost quick moments. Um, we don't experience them as quick um, because they're so nourishing, but, but those practices that really are not far off uh, from us, um, like just in between sessions, making sure I get my bare feet on the, on the earth or my hands or my, and just to care for myself that way um, or do a little yoga in my office. Um, yeah. You know, I think, the importance of naming that self-care can look like a, a big shift, but it can also look like yeah. just a really small shift. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if you would talk about too, um, uh, Tara, your, your boxing of self-care. Cause that was <laughs> one of my favorite things when I first met you and asked you about self-care, you, you mentioned boxing and I just love it. So, so yeah. tell us about that. So it's, it's ironic because I sort of come from spiritually nonviolent perspective, but um, <laughs> I, I boxed at a gym. I've boxed for a long time. Um, I um, consider myself a highly sensitive person. And as a result, it's often hard for me to cut off the emotional energy flow to like, just stop. Um, silence and solitude will do that for me, but it often requires quite a lot of silence and solitude for me to kind of gear down. Um, and boxing um, and martial arts in general for me became really a place of Sabbath uh, because you can't think about anything else. <laughs> no. Really? Or you're going to get hit <laughs> or, you're, you know, something's, something's going to go badly wrong. The intensity of the experience. And for some people like that's, that's intense running or something like that. Um, I, I only run when I'm chased. Uh, so I like, but boxing for me um, became a Sabbath, um, mm. became a practice of being able to walk into the space, turn it all off. No one knew I was a spiritual director. No one was going to ask me a spiritual question. Um, I like, I was, I didn't have to listen to anything, but the, the, the ringing bell that is telling me how long their rounds are. Um, and I'm listening to myself and I'm engaging in a very intense activity where I'm resting mentally, emotionally, spiritually, Yay. stopping all those things. Physically, I'm very exerted, but all of those other places are just like powered down and it becomes this place of really receiving um, rest in those areas that are sometimes can be real hard for me to turn off. Mm. Yeah. So anything else we might want to say about self-care? I think probably the biggest thing is that we're responsible for it for ourselves, which makes it one more thing we have to do. (laughs) 
but maybe it's the most important thing that we do each day is, you know, how, how am I doing body, mind, and spirit? What, what is it that will nourish me in whatever I am about this day? And um, that's, yeah. And what Maria and I've talked long and hard I, about how body is so integral to this. And so to hear you, Tara, talk about boxing as one of the ways that it's almost like a body release, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. To you. Mm-hmm. And, and to um, allow each of our own selves to find those things that really are the ticket for us. Um, yeah. I had a, a directee talk about once that he didn't have anything. I, I said to him, what do you do for fun? And he could not come up with it. And he finally did. And the freedom and release that I could see in him was just, you know, it was really about, wow, I can, I can care for me. What do I desire? What do I need? So yeah. it's quite a lo- lovely transition and that it may change but it's worth tracking for ourselves and being mm-hmm. responsible for. Yeah. And Rebecca, I think that sense of, <clears throat> of it can change is really important because in different seasons, of course, different things are going to nourish us. And, and even the season of COVID has, call, has really heightened, the, of course, the need for self-care. But it could also be just that our interior lives and and what shape they're taking right now and what that means for us now i'm aware of myself i'm i'm in a place where i really need wildness like i feel like i've been very cultivated you know like i've very cultivated academically and cultivated spiritually and cultivate and i just feel the need for wildness for mm. so for me being in the wilderness or listening to music that's kind of wild or, you know, it, or just even just imagining um, wild wildness or my, what would be wild for me in my life, connecting with my Romany roots and hearing the flamenco music and all of that just feels uh, extremely nourishing, but that might not have been true, you know, a year ago. So, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. staying on top of what do we need now? And I, I can just feel your freedom, Maria, when you talk about the wildness. And <laughs> I think there's a connection there with well-being is, you know, we have a wild side of our ourselves, which often gets tamped down culturally or professionally or whatever. And so, you know, it's partly um, self-care is about self-discovery. And what all yes. Means. yes. Mm-hmm. And letting ourselves yeah. be creatures. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I had an image as we were talking because I've, you know, it's been a season where travel has not happened for me and it used to happen quite regularly. And um, I recently traveled. We've all perhaps heard the idea of self-care, like put your oxygen mask on before assisting someone else. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I was attentive to as we had all of our announcements on the plane recently is that um, they said, remove your face covering before putting your oxygen mask on. And it it feels like in some ways in this season, um, which we've all been walking through, there's an additional step to Uh, (laughs) self-care. There's an additional, it's not just put your oxygen mask on, it's, it's, it's armored down a little bit in order to experience yourself 
um, as we've talked about, you know, that whether it's the wildness or something else and to, to recognize that for some of us, this season has been an invitation to solitude and silence, but there's some folks who have small children who it's like that it, everything, there's no solid, there's no getting yes, away from anybody. Nothing. There's no yeah. solitude and silence. And so to recognize what are, what are also the barriers that, um, that might be there and, and how could we think creatively about them? Um, you know, I love even Maria, as you just said, imagining the wildness. It's not yeah. that you have to go out there right now, although that's a good thing, but just to be able to imagine, um, but it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. I wonder as we move to a close, whether there's a story you might be able to share with us about a time when supervision made a difference to you. Hmm. I just shared this story with someone um, that I've been working with. And it was um, a time in a, a group setting where we were debriefing the work that we were doing with directees. And the person who was debriefing us, I was, I was suggesting that I wondered in my work if I was moving in the right direction or, or being what this person needed. And this person said to me, were you Rebecca? And it was like, stop me in my tracks. Now this is 35 years ago. And it still talks, stops me in my tracks in the sense that, you know, the only thing I can be as a director or a supervisor, and, and what I learned from that is I have to be me. Mm -hmm. I have to, yeah, I have to be in supervision so that I continue to notice places where I might be becoming weary or distracted, um, but allowing myself um, to just continue as I think probably we're all called to is just to grow into the indelible, indelible image that God has already stamped on us. Oh, thank you so much for being with us and for showing up for this conversation. It's just a, just a pure joy to be with you. Good. I'm so glad we could do it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rebecca. All right. Take care. Thanks for joining us for today's Three Association Conversation. This and every Three Association episode can be found at threeassociation.com, on SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast feed. We appreciate you being with us. Please feel free to forward this or any Three Association conversation to those who might benefit. Blessings on your life and ministry.